0: Service and uh, so this is this is a little this is a change, but this is the way we've been doing it. Uh, we're so happy that all of you are here to worship God with us, and uh, especially our visitors. We're very happy that you're here. Now there has been some changes because of uh, the coronavirus and uh, the protection that we have to uh, we have to perform in order to keep everybody healthy. Uh, We we are doing the Lord's Supper a different way and we also, when we collect the contributions, there are boxes in the rear that we are putting our monies in. So I want you to be aware of that. Now for our visitors, one thing in the Church of Christ, we are a Bible-believing church. We try to follow the Bible, We try to live a Christian life, and we also do our best to share Jesus with the world. So, in our services, you will not be entertained. You will participate in worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So, we want you to feel at home, and we want you to know why we do certain things in our worship service we do it because it's in god's word that's our reason for doing it so as far as singing praying we're all in it together and as far as our minister uh sharing god's word with us the key is to take it in and apply it to your life, so that you can live your life for God. Please pray with me at this time. Father, we come to you, thanking you for not forgetting us, Father, but remembering us, even though we have fallen short, Father, you sent your son to die for our sins, and we thank you for that, Father, Father, we pray that we strive, each and every one of us strive to live a godly life and f- try to put, the, uh, put our, uh, our sin problem behind us. We're going to fall, but we always know we can confess and come back to you. We ask that you uh, continue to bless us and North Provide, Father, and help us, Father, work together. Help us stay oneness in christ father and father we pray for for matt who's gonna bring the lesson before us father we pray that you uh uh, bless him and also bless us with your words father father we love you we appreciate you and father we pray that we realize it's your time is your time It's not our time And Father, that we submit our life to you and live for you. Pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Let's stand and sing number 72 together for our first song this morning. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, how
2: praises as your people declare your mighty
3: Before we bow just a quick story I invited somebody to the church a while back you know a beautiful opportunities seem to be somebody in the right position to come and really grow so uh, one day that person came to me and they said wow you have a beautiful church and so I'm you know kind of in awe I'm like Man, did I miss you when you came to service I my apologies He said, no, I drove by and I saw your church. It it looks so great. And I took a few minutes to talk to him about, the church is not a building. It's not an area. It's the people. We are the church. So definitely look around. We are the church. Love up on each other. Take advantage of opportunities to really grow and share with others. I mean, if you grow, Use that as an opportunity to help somebody else better understand. You can make a world of difference in somebody's life. And just the excitement and joy of what it does for you to spread the word and the light. Let us bow. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together as a family. We thank you for all the blessings that you bestowed upon us and all those around us, Father. Father, in this world, to be able to let our light shine, lead with love, something that in many situations is uncommon with some, makes a world of difference. The power of change comes from the ability to stand up and do, not to think about it. Give us strength. Remind us we are not alone. Regardless of the battle, you are always with us, Father. In the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord, and Savior, and King. Amen.
1: Help prepare our minds of taking the Lord's Supper. We're going to sing number 375, 375.
2: Oh, the depths and the riches of
4: We assemble around this table every Sunday. This is principally the reason we are here, to do this in remembrance of him. Several weeks ago, Matt in his sermon told us why Jesus came into this world. I want to revisit that from the 18th chapter of John beginning in verse 33. This is when Jesus comes back before Pilate. Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say this about me? Pilate answered, "I am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priest have delivered you over to me. What have you done? G-? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who listens, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is who we are. We are people of truth. We listen to his voice. We don't take lightly when he says, do this in remembrance of me. In his infinite wisdom, he established the Lord's Supper, knowing how forgetful we are that if we didn't do this every week, we could lose sight of the goal, lose sight of the prize. That's why we are here to partake of these emblems that represent his body and the blood that he shed. We are doing this in remembrance of him. And as we do, we need to focus on shutting out the world. You know, it's, it's so easy to go through the motions. It is sometimes so difficult to keep our focus where it needs to be. We are the frail beings that we are. Let us give thanks for the bread. Most Holy Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, that he shed his blood on the cross, and that we meet Father to partake of these emblems, to do this in remembrance of him. As we partake of the bread that represents his body, we ask Father that you help us to focus our hearts and our minds on the love and the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, made so that we have hope of salvation. In Jesus' most holy name we pray, amen. We partake of the fruit of the vine, representing the blood. As we do that, we often think of the horrific suffering of the cross, as we should, but this is life-saving blood. The blood of Christ enables us to have a hope of eternal salvation. Let's give thanks for the cup. Fathers, we partake of this emblem which represents the blood of our Lord and Savior. Father, we so look forward To life with thee. Father, we understand or try to understand and know the suffering and anguish, and we are so thankful for the blood that was willingly spilt, spilled for our salvation and a hope of eternal life. Again, Father, we thank you. We ask you to bless us and keep our minds focused on what we are doing as we partake of this emblem. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. We also have an opportunity at this time to contribute to the Lord's work here at North Brevard and for the efforts that North Brevard does around the world. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he looked down at his mother, and he said, "Behold thy son." And he looked at the apostle whom he loved, and he said, "Behold thy mother." Now uh, that's not a direct quote, but you understand what I'm saying. Jesus in charge, discharged his mother and charged John. With taking care of her. He's also given us a charge to take care of his church. And the only way we can do that is to support the church so that it can grow in this area and it can grow around the world. Let's give thanks as we prepare to give to support the Lord's work and. And remember with all the changes that, that, that we've had because of this horrible COVID experiences, there are boxes in the back of the church. Let's pray. Most holy Father, we are so thankful for all the blessings you so generously give us. Father, we know that it is reality that you do you do not need what we give. But Father, you are trying to teach us the importance of giving and caring and being involved in and in supporting and growing your church. And We pray, Father, that we will give generously, that we may give with hearts that look forward to being with you someday, Father, but while we're here on, while we're here on this earth, look forward to watching your, your, your kingdom on this earth grow. Be with us, Father, help us, nurture us and care for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray, amen. Scripture reading this morning will be from Luke 14, 10, 11. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence for all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be
3: exalted.
1: This time the children that are some second grade and younger are dismissed to go back to Bible hour, back in the back. For those of us remaining, if you want to mark the invitation song on this, we'll be at number 904. Before Matt brings us a lesson, let's sing number 647. 647. Let's stand as we sing the song together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Soldiers of Christ. Are-
5: So we're continuing our series on the parables of Jesus, and we're getting close to the end. We're running out of parables. We've got a couple weeks left. But today, I have to warn you, today is not probably the easiest section of the parables. In fact, I was thinking about um, what to title this or, or how, to, um, how to frame it. And really, it's, it's a call-out. Everybody in this room, if you're being honest and sincere with yourself, if you're, if you're listening to the scriptures today, I think there's something that everybody, everybody's toes are going to get stepped on. But even though scripture is difficult, sometimes you've got to go over it. And some of the best scripture, some of the most meaningful, impactful scripture in the word are the scripture that steps on everybody's toes. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 6. It's interesting because the scripture I'm about to read you probably don't think of as a parable, but Luke definitely says it's a parable. It says he... He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourselves... Do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is a tough scripture. This is a scripture that is calling all of us out in one way or another. But how does it correlate? How does it go together? How do you tie it all up to where it makes sense? Well, I think at the beginning, you have to start in the middle. And you have to look at this and realize that it's all about perspective. It's all about approach. And you don't want to be someone that's being led by... The blind. I I, uh, I I hate to take a cheap shot, but when I was reading this, I was thinking about. I don't know if you saw you saw the time where. And, and, again, this is this is a cheap shot, but it, it's reality. Uh, Joe Biden was literally leading a blind man, and all of a sudden he said, "I don't know where I'm going. Do you know where I'm going?" It, it was the blind leading the blind at that moment. He didn't know where he's going. You don't want to be in that situation. You don't want to be in a place where. You're following somebody who has no idea where they're going. So it's all about perspective and it's all about approach. So if you start in the middle and you realize that the disciple never becomes greater than the teacher, who's the teacher? Well, in perspective, in application to modern day, first of all, the teacher is Jesus, the teacher for all of us is Jesus. We are all learning from Jesus. We are all following Jesus, right? We are all imitating Christ. And because of that, we see Jesus in other people. And when we imitate them, we're not really imitating them. We're following their example because they are following Christ. They're imitating Christ. It all goes back to Jesus. Jesus is the teacher. And we're never going to be greater than him. But once his training has taken full effect... We can be in His likeness. See, the goal for every Christian should be that they want to look more and more like Christ and less and less like themselves. We're not talking about a brainwashing. We're not talking about an echo chamber. We're not talking about something where God has taken away your choice and all of a sudden only you can do, the only things you can do are the things that He wants you to do. We're talking about a surrender, a recognition to understanding the right way, understanding the right from the wrong, understanding the truth of God's word. It's a recognition and a surrender to the teacher. I had a soccer coach named Durwood He was a really good coach when we were young. And he could teach us very basic things like how to hold your foot when you kick the ball and and the different ways you want to kick the ball and, and where to be in your formation and how to hold your position. And there was a lot he could teach us, but, you know, there was a time where we were about 13 years old where everybody on the team was actually a better soccer player than him. And that's... Not an abnormal thing, right? It's not abnormal to become something, to become greater than the person that was teaching you a skill. In this situation, the scripture's saying you're never gonna be greater than Jesus. It's not something to be grasped. Just like Jesus looked at the Father and said, even though I'm of the same, it's not something to be grasped. Same with us. You know, we as people are getting smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. There's no doubt about that. We are learning more about the world. We are learning more about um, how things work together. We're being able to see further away, and we're also being able to see smaller fields of vision, right? We are gaining knowledge all the time. We will never be greater than the teacher. The smartest people you know in the world have nothing on the wisdom of Solomon who lived thousands of years ago. Why do I say that? Because the blind leading the blind is not anything more than you following somebody who's not following Jesus. When you listen to the world and you put the world's philosophy over the, tr- the truth of God's word, you are following somebody who is not following Jesus. You know, when I was young, I realized and there, there was a split. There was a split in science. Science class was the easiest place to see this. There was a split. There were people who believed in God, and there were people who didn't believe in God. There was part of science that was trying to prove God and use God's Word to dissect nature and dissect how you could ter- uh, um, um, measure things in terms of Scripture. And then there was a part of science that was trying to disprove Or not acknowledge, maybe is the better word, God. It was easy to see. Even as a young person, you could see it. They would teach you evolution and they would teach you Big Bang and they would teach you all of these different things. And the second you mention God, we're not going to talk about that. Now, that was when I was a child. How much different is it now? Why am I talking about all this stuff? Why am I making these jokes? Why am I, well, I don't know. There's something big coming up in November, so I just figured I'd start plugging some things starting now. I don't care how you vote, get out and vote, because we got a serious, serious thing going on in our culture right now. It's not my place to tell you how. But we can use scripture to figure out which side we probably should be on for every argument. Not just the arguments that we have with our wives and our spouses, not just the arguments that we have with our friends and our coworkers, but the arguments that we have in our culture. And I, like I said, this is one of those call-out sermons, so you might as well throw it in there right now, because you're not going to like a lot of things I say today. I didn't like a lot of things I was going to say as I was preparing it. Every time I step on your toes, I'm stepping on my toes too. Don't forget that. But there is a reality. If you're not paying attention, then you're missing it. There is a reality that what's happening in our culture is literally there are two sides. There is a side that is trying to preserve and hold on to the word of God. And there is a side that is trying to push us further and further away from the clear and honest and simple word of God. They're not even trying to make it difficult anymore. They're just telling you that things you've read in the scripture are wrong. So if you're following people who don't follow God and literally try to disprove God with their life, then you are following the blind and you better watch out for the pit because it's coming. They will lead you right off the cliff. We've talked over and over and over again about that place in Scripture that you don't like, that place in Scripture I don't like. And the idea is you have to surrender to the Word of God. You know, there's parts of our culture I don't like. There's parts of my life I don't like. I have to surrender that to the Word of God. I have to surrender that to the truth that God is teaching us in the Word. That's where we're at. So you've got the teacher who's Jesus, and you've got the blind who's leading the blind. It's just simply people who are not following Jesus. And then you've got the speck in the log. And you know, I thought this was maybe a great moment for levity, but don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that can see the speck in everybody else's eye, but can't see the log that's coming out of their own. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that wants to criticize everybody else for everything they're doing, but never wants to take any criticism in their own life for what they're doing. Don't be that guy. But there's a really important part of this scripture that I don't think gets hit very often when it's preached. I haven't heard it hit very often when it's preached, and it's at the bottom. So let's go back to it real quick. It's at the bottom says, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye. This is starting um, in the middle of verse 42. When, when you yourselves do not see the log that is in your own eye. He says, you hypocrite. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that can see everything wrong with everything else, but can't see anything wrong with anything they do. Don't be that guy. Everybody's met that guy. Everybody knows that guy. That guy can't get out of his own way. He can be the nicest, most talented, friendliest person. Well, typically you wouldn't call that guy friendly, would you? But then he says this. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye, to take it out. You know, when you're following Christ and you're watching and following people who are following Christ and you're being led on the path of the straight and narrow, you've had to take the log out of your eye many times. Think about this. There's been many things in your life. If you are trying to improve, if you are being honest with yourself in the word of God, if you are surrendering to his word and his will, there are many times in your life where you've come to that place where you realize you were the one with the log in your eye. You were the one that had a problem. You were the one that was not no longer satisfied with the way that you were living your life. You saw the truth of God's word and it made you want to change. And there were steps you had to take and there was a process that you went through in your life, whether it was by God or from your own motivation, that helped you Change. There was probably also people who gave you wisdom in those times of change that helped you on your path as well. You know who those people who gave you wisdom were? People who took that same log out already. That's what the scripture is literally saying. When you take that and remove that part of your life, then you can help people get that part out of theirs because you have an experience that will work. You have a wisdom that you have earned. You have discernment over that subject, over that struggle over that temptation, however you want to put it. So once you've removed the log, and, I, and, and everybody's experienced this, right? Everybody's went through something difficult. If you've lived long enough, you've went through something difficult in life that somebody else went through, and the best wisdom you got was not from a book you read or something. It was from that other person that just went through what you were going through, that was trying to follow Jesus and His Word. Don't get caught up in the noise of the world. Don't get caught up in the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is also laced in the schemes of the devil. Don't be fooled. Don't be that guy. Second one's in Luke 12. I wanted to read why this was said before it was said, because I just thought it was, I think it's hilarious. So here's your moment to meet Jesus. And this guy, he's got a brother who's got all, he's in charge of all the inheritance, and he wants his half. So here's his moment to meet Jesus. He's one of the few people that gets to shake his hand today, right? And he says to him, hey, can you tell my brother to give me my half of the inheritance now? What a question. You you get to talk to God. One of the few people that got to have a one-on-one face-to-face with God. And the question on your mind is, hey, can you uh, tell my brother to give me my half of the inheritance? But you know what the truth is? This is the way the world works. This is the way we all think. You know what I've experienced, not just in my own family, but in other families through ministry? You know what I've experienced? I've experienced when somebody dies, that can be, that can be a really nice, united family that's done a lot of stuff together. When somebody dies, everybody starts arguing over their stuff. It can destroy families. It can ruin relationships between siblings. The stuff. So this is as real a moment as anything you'll ever face because it really happens all the time. So he starts whoop. So he starts at the bottom. It's verse 16. He said, And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. He had good land. He had good soil. It was produced in lots of crop. He was very successful. <laughs> and he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. What's he talking about? Modern day terms, what's he talking about? He's talking about he's worked hard, he's made good investments, and he's ready to... Retire. His store barns are your 401Ks. It's the same difference. What's he doing that's wrong? He's not doing anything wrong. Do you understand? He's not doing anything wrong. He's doing what everybody else would do if they had nice land that produced nice crop and he could make a lot of money off of it. What would you do? You judging him for that? He's worked hard. He's invested well so well that he's got to tear down his old barns and build new ones because he's got more crop than he can handle. He is ready to retire and enjoy life. Anybody else want that? Anybody else already doing that? (laughs) God said to him, fool. Well, that's not very nice. Why, though? This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? The night you were ready to retire. That's what the parable is talking about. The night this guy has worked his whole life for. The night he was ready to retire, and that's his last night. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We all invest in things, right? You don't have to be rich to invest. You don't have to be, um, um, be well-off to invest. Everybody's making investments in something, whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's life, years of your life, or your money. Your resources, your assets, right? Everybody has investments. We're all making investments. What are your investments? I mean, even your house really is an investment, right? It's a place to live, but it's also an investment. Hopefully, gain some money over time and sell it for a profit. What are your investments? What do you put your time into? How much of your time goes to work? How much of your time goes to your family? How much of your time goes to God? It's all all the old adage questions. It's all the same things you've heard over and over and over again. What are your investments? I got a different one for you. What are you working on right now that's an internal investment? When you look at your life, when you identify the things that is going on in your life and what you're working toward, what are you working on right now that is an eternal investment? That the day you're ready to retire, whether the Lord comes then or not, for you in your life, what do you have that you're working on now that's going to go with you? You see, the things of the kingdom, the things of the will of God, they will go with you. It wasn't the work that was done that was credited to people as righteousness. It was the faith behind the work that was done that credited it to people as righteousness and is acknowledged by God. We spend a lot of time every single day in our life, you, me, both of us, all of us. We spend a lot of time every day of our life making investments for things that we cannot take with us when we die. What are you working on investing in right now that you're going to be able to take with you? You know, I can't help but think that Jesus says in the parable, who are you going to leave it to? Like, was this guy so busy that he missed the opportunities with his family, that he missed the opportunities with his friends, that he literally had nobody to to leave his wealth to even. It wasn't going to benefit anybody. Some random stranger was going to benefit from all of his work. Who are you going to leave it to? This is something I see every single day, even in, our own, in my own life, in my own family. The more, the more responsibility, the better your paycheck gets, the more of somebody's life somebody wants. Don't miss out on your opportunities with your kids, don't miss out on your opportunities with your family, don't miss out on your opportunities with your friends. There's more value in all of those relationships than there will ever be in a single dollar you've ever made. Money can bring comfort. You can even reach goals, financial goals, and that can feel really great. But fulfillment comes through relationship, relationship with God and relationship with others. Don't miss out on those opportunities as well. Last one. Now I put, told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they had chose the place of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invites you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at a table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You ever been to a wedding feast? We call them receptions. You ever been to one? They usually have a table of honor, right, where the bride and the groom are sitting and and, and then all the, the wedding party, and then there's even potentially other tables that are specifically for the family that are right up front. And everybody, you always want to be as close as you can be to the action, right? I mean, when you go to buy a ticket to a show or to a concert, or, are you looking for the back row seat? Do you want the further seat in the back? Is that what you're usually looking for? Do you go in there and think, man, I'm going to get the best view in the house because I'm going to be sitting so far up, I'll be able to see everything. Everybody wants that seat. Everybody wants recognition. You work hard, you want recognition, right? You do nice things for people. You help people in their time of need. You want recognition. You want the places of honor. You want the respect that comes with a life well lived. This is another natural course of human tendency. It's not not something that only certain people struggle with. We might pretend like we don't struggle with it anymore, but everybody struggles with wanting to be accepted and respected and acknowledged But Jesus says, take a different approach. Stop seeking that out. If you seek it out and you overshoot your value, you're going to be embarrassed in front of everybody. If you you don't seek it out and you undershoot your value, you're going to be exalted in front of everybody. You're going to be raised up in front of everybody. I just have one simple point. And it brings everything full circle. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He, He will lift you up. He will exalt you. We live in a world where we're being told through every outlet, through every facet that you don't need anything but yourself. That you can make it happen by yourself. Everything I just read to you said that's the absolute wrong way to think. It says don't do anything without God. Follow God and follow people who are following God, don't, don't waste all of your time and energy building for, for the here and the now. Think about and plan for the future, and we're not talking about retirement. We're talking about eternity. You know what the world will tell you? A fool lives his whole life betting on the next. The world's told me that many times in many different ways, and I'm sure you've experienced that yourself. Uh, only a fool will live his whole life betting on the next. Take what you have now. Yes, that's true. Don't let a day go by without trying to do something, not just for yourself, but for the Lord, for the kingdom. Don't let a second go by without thinking about God, without, without experiencing and sharing in what God is doing in your life and in others. Put God first. Put God first. And then put others before yourself. The whole thing we read could be summed up in those two things. Put God first. And then put others before yourself. And you'll be the right person in every single one of these parables. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in his blood? Had all of your sin forgiven? Received the gift of the Holy Spirit added to the kingdom, the church, the body of Christ, as William brought up. It's not the building, it's us. And we're united through the spirit that lives in us. That we receive when we're baptized. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to rid yourself of the stain of sin. That dooms, which we've read over and over in the parables, that dooms, condemns us to hell. You erase that, Satan the accuser has no accusation for you. And for those of us who have, are we putting God above ourselves? Are we putting God number one in our life? Is he everything? Is he our Lord? And are we putting others before ourselves? You can teach people a whole lot through humility. Humility. If you're the person that walks into the room and you know everything about everything and you can't be told what's wrong or right in your own life, you're going to lose a lot of people. And you're going to lose a lot of opportunity. You can teach people a whole lot through humility. If there's a need to respond to the invitation, today you can come as together we stand and sing.
6: Thank you, Matt. And thank you all for joining us here this, this morning. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin if you hadn't had the chance. We've got them here out there in the foyer. We've got them online, too. Um, a Couple things we'll highlight. Uh, our food pantry is tomorrow. Tomorrow from 1 to 3, unless you're part of that. And the crazes it's all day long. Uh, food pantry always needs help. Even more so, lately we've had some people who've, uh, who've passed away, who've moved away, some things like that. So if you have the ability to help out with the food pantry, see Microsu Shoemate. Uh, You got bread in the back to pack today? All right, you got bread to pack. So if you're looking for 15 minutes away to serve the community, just head on back. Uh, They have bread to pack up for the food pantry tomorrow. You can help out today before you leave. A couple other things. Uh, This coming Saturday, this coming Saturday from 6 to 8.30 is trunk or treat. It's going to be right here. Um, So be prepared. Uh, Wear a costume, decorate, be ready to hand out some candy for kids and stuff. Uh, I have grown my beard just special for this one event. It's the only reason I have a beard, it's for trunk or treat. So come out and join us for that, that ought to be fun. I'm not sure of all the details, but I've heard some things which sound very interesting. Um, Next Sunday, next Sunday we're gonna have guest speakers. Mike O'Neill is gonna be our guest, do the preaching on Sunday morning, and Chuck White's gonna preach on Sunday evening. So be sure to come here next Sunday to hear uh, these gentlemen. These men, I don't know, Chuck doesn't like to be called a gentleman sometimes, so we'll call that from there. October 31st, um, Richard Bauer, the memorial for him will happen at the Cape Canaveral uh, National Cemetery. That's the military cemetery up there in Scottsmore. So that'll happen at 10 a.m. for Richard Bauer, uh, if you'd like to be there for that. Um, One thing that's not in the bulletin also is on November 13th, Chris Carter from the um, Church of Christ Prison Ministry will be here. Um, they come every, every year, typically. Uh, Gary Whiter has typically been our speaker. Last time they were here, Chris spoke. Chris taken over as Gary, Gary is trying to retire out of it. I heard that's a very hard thing to do, and he's still very active. As a matter of fact, Gary will be speaking somewhere else at the same time. But anyways, on 11-13, Chris Carter will be here in the morning. At 9 a.m., Chris is gonna lead the Bible class here and he's gonna give a report. Would like for both adult classes to be in here to hear Chris's report. And out of 10, he will be delivering the sermon, the gospel message at that time. Um, one other thing that's in the bulletin and we're working with is the World Bible School. Um, we're trying to fire that back up. We've had that as a part of our... Uh, anyways, World Bible School, we've been using that for a while. Uh, we haven't been really all that active in it. Dave Hill was very active in it. When Dave moved away, we have still had it, but not very active. Doug Gertis has been very active in it for, for several years. Um, he's trying to get us more active in it. If you were interested in participating with that, to do online Bible studies or even mail, if that's more your speed with people, help them become Christians, it's a great opportunity to become uh, evangelistic in your own effort to win souls. This is a big step. Um, it's, a, it's rewarding to your own self. And that's you know We may never put another person in these seats, but we'll put people in heaven. Uh, if you'd like to do that, talk to Doug. Doug's active with it. He has set up certain um, geographic guy, um, circles, basically, that we get notification every time somebody signs up for World Bible School in these areas. They send us a notification. Um, he's got them here locally. He's got some areas where he knows if somebody does the study and they can get baptized because it's a church that he knows or something like that. I get probably two notifications of people signed up a day. So all you have to do is basically take one of those people and try to work with them. They are seeking. Uh, there's plenty of work to be done. This is not just a, hey, it could happen. No, this is it will happen. Uh, there will be a guy here on on um, December the 11th in the evening. He's going to be here for our evening worship. He's going to talk more about World Bible School and how it how it works and uh, what you can do with that. Uh, I also know that Campion McGuinney uses it extensively in Zimbabwe, especially how he works with the people in the prison ministries. So, um, If you're interested in that, see Doug. Doug knows a whole lot more about it than I do, to be honest. So see Doug, the other Doug, or am I the other Doug? It gets so confusing now. So, Um, Be here this evening. Matt's sermon this evening is Hebrews 11 again. The Hall of Faith, he continues that series, and that's very good. And on Wednesday nights, it's James chapter 2 this time. So we're moving on to some really fun stuff there in James 2. I'm sure that will open some eyes and have lots of questions. Uh, If you can be here on Wednesday night, I encourage it. So stay faithful until we meet again.
1: Let's stand and sing number 1009, and we do dismiss in our closing prayer. mine eyes have seen
6: Thank the Lord for the service Father in heaven, holy is your name Forgive us for our sins and may committed, but forgive those who sin against us, Lord We thank you for this service We thank you for this time we got to spend Together, Lord Help us have a great week, Lord And help us, Lord, to take every opportunity We can To, to do your will and, and to do the things That we need to do so that we can live Life without regret. We ask you, Lord, that you bring us back safely Wednesday and Sunday. And, Lord, we ask you, Father, that we can be faithful through all circumstances, even when we face trials of many kinds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.